everybody, everybody that has life or has breath goes through a place of Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane is, is an oil place, an oil press. It's a place of crushing. Um, sometimes we don't like to be crushed. It's just like if you're going to make oil, and, and from that oil comes the anointing, the, those, those olive oils, they have to be pressed. Every berry has to be pressed, uh, crushed. We have to have pressure in order for God to release the anointing that's on the inside. And not only is, is, is it a place of crushing, it's a place of wrestle. It's where our will wrestles to find its way to God's will. And the strange, the, the strangeness of things is that sometimes and most times God is the opponent in that wrestle. God is the opponent in, in the wrestle. Now, Paul says it this way. This is what Paul says in, in, in Romans. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. There are times when we do things that we hate and we know it's not right, but that's, that's the wrestle that is going on. For he also says, Paul says, for I know that in me that that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, he says, I find it not. It's amazing that one of the greatest apostles talks about his wrestle. And we all go through wrestles. In this Garden of Gethsemane, we go through wrestles. It's a place where we, and it's also a place where we struggle. Our, everybody that has a Gethsemane, they're in a place of wrestle. You know, where am I wrestling from? I am wrestling from my soul. You know, the soul is the, the mind, the will, and emotions. We wrestle from our soul, our mind, and our will, and our emotions. It's like there are times in our Gethsemane is that we are on a roller coaster. You know, we're on a roller coaster with our emotions. Sometimes we are on a roller coaster in our mind. You know, our mind says one thing, but we do another. See, we all have that type of Gethsemane. It's, 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 it's a, a struggle. It's, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle sometimes to do the will of God. It's like we want to do our own will rather than the will of God. But see, that's, that's our Gethsemane. We have to have that, that wrestle or that, 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 that struggle going on in life. So if you ever get in a place, uh, in, in a situation where you're struggling in your mind of what to do, that's why the Bible talks about renewing the mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind because there's always a struggle going on in the mind. Should I do this or should I do that? Yeah, I mean, should, should I follow through with the things that God wants me to do? Because the things that God wants us to do, it comes against our flesh. And see, our flesh, as Paul says, he says, when I want to do good, I, I just can't do good. See, there's a, there's a wrestle going on. There's a struggling going on in, uh, in our Gethsemane. Everybody has the experience of a Gethsemane. Everybody has those experiences. Everybody wrestles. Everybody goes through that crushing where they want to, where God has to crush our will. Have you ever been in a, in, in a, in a, uh, uh, faced with a situation 
where God had to crush your wheel. <laughs> and, you know, we think that, okay, God, this is the way it should be. But God said, no, no, that's not how it needs to be. That's not the way it's going to be. You're going to follow. And sometimes God has to bend us because sometimes we are old trees. Amen. We're old trees and he has to, he has to bend us to get us in line with his will. And then, you know, it talks about Gethsemane is also a place of stress. Wow. Most days we find ourselves there, right, in a place of stress. Gethsemane is a place of stress. And sometimes it's, it's where public opinions has turned against us. And then there are places, it's a place where friends no longer walk with us, even in our darkest hour when you need them the most. Gethsemane, if you ever lost some friends when you're in your dark hour, you in your darkest hour, and those that you thought that should be there isn't there. See, that's that Gethsemane. That's that Gethsemane experience. When, when friends walk away, and we'll see that in the text, because see, what Jesus experienced, we, ex- we are experiencing now. And so in, in your very darkest hour, you, you say, okay, if this person got my back, you know, you know they'll be there for me, and, and all of a sudden you're left alone. Gethsemane is a place of aloneness. Mm. And nobody likes to be left alone when they're going through. But sometimes that's how the anointing operates. That's how the anointing is able to flow the best because when we are alone, that means we are in a wrestle with God. See, that's what happened with Jacob. Jacob was in a wrestle with God and it ended up his limb, his hip got out of joint. But he wrestled. He had to wrestle with God. And see, there are times when we wrestle with ourselves when there's nobody there. When, we, when it's just us and God, you say, God, where are my friends? And God, that's, that's a Gethsemane experience. And, and it's a dark hour. You would think that, that when you're going through, that people will be there to support you. Yeah, uh, and also, and I love this, it says, it's also a place where one day they will celebrate you, and the next day they will say, crucify you. That, that, that's a Gethsemane. When have anybody had uh, uh, people celebrating you? You know everything is wonderful, and the next day, because Jesus experiences, they they cruci- they holler, crucify him. See, there are there's those of those friends who who's decide not to walk with us anymore. As long as you're doing good, as long as you you you're, you're helping and giving and 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 bringing support and and being made available, you know they're celebrating. But there comes a time when those very same people that celebrate you will also crucify you. Amen. Has anybody's name ever been drugged through the mud? Yeah. I mean, what the same person that, that celebrated you before, all of a sudden now you're the bad guy. But yet you wasn't the bad guy when they were celebrating you. Amen. So, so we all experience that Gethsemane experience. We all experience that. Is it easy? No. Do, uh, is, is it a time of loneliness? Is it a time where we, where we drop the tears and, 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 and we become depressed? Sometimes our Gethsemane is a place of depression. It's, sometimes it's a place of hopelessness. It, it's, it's a place wherein we feel all alone. 
But it has to be because we have to be separated from our will and allow God's will to be done. Anybody experienced some Gethsemane places lately? Had some experiences? I have. I've had a lot of experiences in the Gethsemane, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Sometimes my soul struggles and I, I'm, I'm having, when I'm having to go through and I don't want to go through what I'm going through, I have wrestled on the inside. My mind gets all crazy sometimes and you want to guess him is a place where you want to give up sometimes. And sometimes Gethsemane is that place where you want to just walk away from it all. And, but, but there's a reason why we have those Gethsemanes because we are trying to draw, uh, uh, draw closer to God, closer to the Lord. Our will, not our will, but his will be done. Gethsemane. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 26 and looking at verse number 38. Okay. Now, what else happens in, in, when we come down to, to the place of Gethsemane and we're talking about that cup? Verse number 38 says, Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. He's speaking to his disciples. Jesus, the power and wisdom of God, is speaking to his disciples, those that have been disciplined in the way. He he gives them an instruction. Gethsemane is also a place of command. It's a, a, a place of command because it's saying watch and pray. Those are the instructions. To watch means to be on God, be fully awake, be be alert. Well, why is that? Well, why is he saying that? Let's go to St. Mark chapter number 14. St. Mark chapter number 14. Just want to teach you a little bit. 14 and verse number 38. Gethsemane is where commands are given. Commands are given. That command is talking about watching, is to be on God, to be fully uh, alert, um, to be fully awake. Now, St. Mark chapter 14, verse number 38, God is, Christ is also speaking to his disciples. Verse 38, he's saying, watch ye and pray. He gives them a, a, a command, instructions. First of all, he says, stay alert, be watchful. You know, he says, now stay fully, be fully awake, be on your God, be on your God. But he also says, while you're on your God, stay in commune with me. Stay in commune. Prayer is being in commune with God. Because, see, if we're not in communion with God, we will find ourselves asleep. We will find ourselves not in a physical sleep, but in a spiritual sleep. We will find ourselves when we're not in communion with God and when we're not in that relationship with God, we will find ourselves pray, amen, we will find ourselves pray to the adversary. So he says to them, he said, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. If we are not alert, if our minds are not uh, are stayed on God and our spirit in a, in a, in a, a state of, of peacefulness, then we will find ourselves caught up in temptation. 
When we're not in relationship with God, not communing with God, he says, he tells them, if you don't do this, if you don't receive this command to watch as well as pray, stay and commune with me, you will find yourself into temptation. So that you, he says, so you will not enter into temptation. So that's important to to know that if we are not alert, if we are not on watch for the adversary because he's coming, that's one thing you can, you can give the devil credit for. He will show up on your turf. And what he will do, he will cause us to enter into temptation. Now, you know, some, there are times when sin can be presented and we don't enter into temptation. Then it's not, it does not become a sin. But when we enter into that thing, see, Satan always dangles something before us. He's always dangling. But until you bite on that sin, uh, until you become a part of that sin, then you have not entered into that temptation. Now, why is it that he is telling them uh, uh, to be watchful and be prayerful? Then he goes on, he says, the spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. The spirit, the spirit, the spirit of man is is always ready, but it is our old nasty flesh that is weak, that will fall for anything if we are not on our God. Now, what happens now? What happens when we are not alert and not on our A game? Let's look at First Peter, chapter number five. First Peter, First Peter. Chapter number five, First Peter. First Peter, chapter number five. First Peter, chapter number five. First Peter, chapter number five. Now, this is what happens when we're not on our A game in First Peter, chapter number five. Verse eight says, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the who? The devil, as a roaring Lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It didn't say your brother or sister is out walking, you know, seeking whom they may devour. It says the devil, Satan, he is as a roaring lion. He's walking about seeing whom he's able to devour. The enemy is always looking for a prey. He's always looking for somebody that's got the guard down. He's always looking for somebody that's, that's not in relationship with God or not in commune with God. But God is telling us that now we need to make sure we're, we're watchful, we're alert, we, 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 we're on our God because Satan and he is our adversary, not our brother and not our sister, but Satan is our adversary. He is as, he didn't say he was a roaring lion. He says, the Bible says, he is as a ruined lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour. You know, you can be by yourself, and the adversary will, will be trying to devour you. He will try to devour you in your mind. He will try to devour you by presenting things on television, radio. Uh, uh, it, it, it's amazing how he can present things and where your thought might be one way, all of a sudden your mind is somewhere else because of something you've seen or somebody you've conversated with. See, he's always trying to devour. Why? Because he knows God has a plan for your life. 
He knows that if you ever uh, release your will or surrender your will and come in line with God's will, he knows you can't get to him. He knows he knows he cannot get to you. He knows that. So what he's trying to do is he's, just, he's trying to stop. He's trying to stop what God has ordained, but he cannot. And the reason why he cannot, because we have gotten instructions. Our instructions from the Lord, because Jesus went through what, we've, what we're going through now. He's already, he's already been tested, tried, tested, and he's been delivered. So it lets me know that if I'm tried, te- tested, and tried, I too can be delivered. Why? Because my heavenly Father has already went down the pathway. He's already done it. And then you said somebody might say, "Well, that's that's Jesus." But you know what? The Bible says He and His Father abides on the inside of us. So if He lives on the inside of us, even though the tests may come, even though the trials may come, we will be delivered because the Word of God says the righteous. Many of the um, the trials or the tribulations of the righteous, but it also says God delivers them out of them all. See, we got to. Re- we, what we remember is this. Well, I'm gonna go through. I got trials. I got tribulations. It's a hard time. But we don't remember the big clause. The big clause says God delivers us out of them all. Well, His all and our all are different. We want we want the McDonald way, but God like the slow cooking way. Amen. So all the ingredients are there, and everything you know, it, it, it's the flavors there. That's the way the Lord does it. But for us, we want the quickie. But God, no, God said, I'm going to deliver you for out of whatever you're going through. But you got to stay alert. You got to recognize the fact that there is an adversary and that adversary is Satan. One of the things we, we hop on so much, yes, ourself is our enemy, but we got to understand there's a devil out there too. If he tried Jesus Christ when he, uh, 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 and tested him, you know, and, and wanted him to throw himself down and, and wanted him to turn uh, 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 the, the rocks into bread and all this stuff. If he tried Jesus, don't you, do you not know he's going to try us too? See, we got to understand that we have an adversary. While we are struggling with one another, while we're at odds with one another, Satan's sitting back laughing. He's sitting back laughing because, see, he's, he's, no, he's nowhere in sight because we're, we're too busy focusing on everybody else, everybody else is wrong, and Satan's sitting back there, I got them. They're distracted, so they can't go forth. They cannot go forth uh, in, in ministry as God has called and ordained for them to do. I, 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 I'm at a place now, it's, it's just so amazing. I, I want to pinpoint right here because I, I had a conversation with some, some, I met someone, and there are times we have wrong opinions about certain situations. Everybody that's homeless is not there because of, of uh, 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 bad situations they've done. That they're, for whatever reason, some of them have lost their homes or they, because of the money didn't, whatever didn't, didn't, didn't run right or, or, or the monies didn't add up. For some reason, they may have had to lose their place and they become homeless. Well, I had an opportunity to, to conversate with somebody that was homeless and and they, what they told me that in order for them just to pay for a hotel room, they would have to go out and panhandle. They would go out and beg money just so they would have a, a roof over their head, their shelter. And, and this was an elderly person. And I'm like, 
Well, I thought maybe you just had to be on drugs or strung out and, you know, crazy stuff and, you know. But, but, but that's not the case. It just turned my mind. And, 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 I, and it's a person that you never thought would do what they had done for that individual saw them panhandling, out begging. They took the time to stop and ask them about the situation. Why are you here? What's going on? Talk. They communicated with them. And that's when they told them, I don't have no, no place to stay. I'm going to be out. My money, I don't have any money. I, even though I draw a check, my check is gone. And that individual took in this homeless person. That blew my mind. Took in that homeless person and began to help them. And when I continued to talk with them, they knew just about as much about God that I did. They said whatever situation they were in, they knew God was with them. That God had protected them. And then on yesterday, I had another conversation with someone very dear to me. And it made, and that's why we're giving out the bags to the homeless. I mean, we've, been, we've done it before, but now it has even a greater meaning. They said to me, they said, now, the reason why that you, you do what you do or you give to someone else is because you're understanding that you are blessed. And because you are blessed, that is your way of giving back something to somebody else that's in need. I never thought about it that way. I never thought about, okay, I'm going to do this because it's my way of thanking God because I'm blessed. I'm not homeless. I'm not, you know, I'm not without shelter. I'm not without food. And so because God has blessed me that way, then I want to give back something to those that does not have. And some people may think I'm crazy, but that's okay. Because each time I have a conversation with somebody that has situations going on, I find out a little bit more that I did not know. And therefore, my mind changes some. And I guess that's part of one of my many experiences of Gethsemane. Now, let's go back to St. Matthew because we want to deal with, we want to deal with this cup. Let's go back to St. Matthew. St. Matthew chapter 26. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Talking about... And verse number 39, here, here, we're going to deal with the cup. We're going to deal with the cup. St. Matthew chapter 26. In verse 39, this is Jesus. He says, and he went a little farther, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible... Let this as I will, but as thy will. He went a little further. There are times when the, the struggle that's in your Gethsemane will cause you to go a little bit farther because of the weight of what's in the cup. Now, what's, what, what is it about this cup? The, the cup is the, the consciousness of eternal life. Well, what is eternal? Eternal has no beginning. It has no ending. Um, it's timeless. It's becoming aware, becoming aware of eternal life. 
that there's a, a, we are destined to, to have eternal life with God. But someone had to pay a price for us to have eternal life. And that's why so often, you know, our, our messages have, have, have gotten to the point where they're so off, off cue. You know, now you hear more about getting your stuff. Uh, uh, God's going to bless you and you're going to have it. But what about I want eternal life where I can live with God forever? Because all this other stuff is, is temporal. It's going to pass away. So eternal life. It's the consciousness of eternal life. In this cup, we are being made aware of what God had paid a price through his son Jesus Christ for us to have, which is eternal life, life without end, a life without a beginning. It's timeless. I can't even begin what the next dimension of the world going to be. The Bible says that oh, he, made, he brought forth the world's. Worlds with an S, which means there's something else besides earth. Which means there's something else that's another, and I don't want to call it a level, because it's not a level. There is another sphere of, 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 of the spiritual world that where we're going to be able to be translated into. I don't know what my assignment is going to be there. But what I do know is I'm excited about going to the next place in God. Being excited, it will help me get through my Gethsemanes because my Gethsemanes are not easy. I don't know about yours, but I do know about mine. My Gethsemane experiences are not easy. My Gethsemane experiences, they are not easy. The struggles, the wrestle, the pain, the suffering, the heartache, and my Gethsemane, they are not easy. But what I see is what Paul says by looking at that prize. My, my prize is eternal life. To live, to, to, to live in such a way that I don't have to worry about dying anymore because I'm just going to be translated into another place. Oh, God, I thank you. Bible says, and I thank God for Jesus Christ going a little bit further. Because he could have even given up, but he did not give up. That's his love for mankind. He did not give up. He went a little piece further because, see, the cup was weighted. The cup was weighted. See, it was a time of, in that cup, it's a time of surrendering. We got to learn to, to be willing to surrender our will. It's not our will, but it's God's will. And everything that, that, that we love is it, 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 tied to our flesh. And, and we don't want to surrender our will. We, we, we don't want to do it God's way. Because, see, in God's way, it, it, it has to put us in alignment. God's way is, is to align up with his word. That's why it's so important that we go by what the word says, regardless of what my flesh says. Regardless of what I think, the final analogy is the fact what God says about the situation. What God says I'm capable of doing. He says I can do all things. He says that to all of us. He says I can do all things through Christ. Sometimes we figure out, oh, I can't do that. Yes, I can't live holy. I can't live a righteous. Yes, we can. Because God says I can live, I can live a righteous life through Christ Jesus. I can do all things. If I want to live holy, through Christ, I can live holy. Now, living holy is not wearing a long dress. Living holy is not, is not, not wearing makeup. You know, they got some crazy stuff out here. 
I remember there was a, a, a person that came into this house, and I think they said they was a prophet or something. I don't know. And that just so happened that Sunday I was up preaching. And I had on a pair of pants. And, oh, she said I was, she was an apostle. That's what she was. She said I was going to hell because I had on a pair of pants. Now, Jesus ain't said nothing about my pants. That's man stuff. That was man stuff. And I would make sure I was right up in her face because she had the wrong understanding of the gospel. See, Jesus came to save my soul. He came to save my soul, not where I got on. No. He came to save my soul. And see, that cup was painful because, see, he came here, and the, the Bible says, in the, in, uh, in the form of a man. He, he came, he came. Just so he could show us that we too can walk this path. Because he did it. He was just as much human as he was divine when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was human. He was feeling the pain. He, was, he didn't want to detach himself. We don't want to detach ourselves from things. But he says, if it's not possible, in that verse 39, he says, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. He had to accept his assignment. Many of God's children do not want to accept their assignment. Why? Because we don't want to let go of flesh. See, the assignment has to line up with the will of God. It's an alignment. See, when it comes, some assignments we do not want. Some of them I don't want. And one of them is pastoring. I've reigned from this for such a long time. I don't want to do this. Because I've seen so many pastors go through. I've seen so many churches go through. I've seen the heartache and, and, and the pain and the suffering and the giving and the sacrifices. I, I, I said, no, not me, God. I didn't even want to preach. Oh, no. And back in my day, women did not preach. Women did not declare the word of God. But yeah, It was like, oh, uh-uh. But you know, God will work something out. God is a God is is is, is, is a, a strategist. The, the one that He put me under was a was a, a pastor who had five sisters that was preaching the gospel. And I'll never forget when when I went to a service to to preach at this afternoon service, and and while we were there waiting to go out, and we had this this preacher pastor. He he asked me. He said, now. Who, call, who told you you were called to preach? And I'm getting ready to preach, and he's questioning me, my credentials. Who licensed you? I, I sat there, kept my composure. My pastor looked to him, Dr. C. McDowell, who is deceased now, and he looked at that man and he said, God did it. God called her. And I, 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 I didn't have a problem going from house to house teaching the gospel and sharing the word of God because it didn't make no demands on me. But see, when you become a pastor or a leader in the house of ministry, you've got a demand on your life. You can't do what you want to do. You, you, you have to make sure everybody's just okay. You're at the back of the line. And God will come to your rescue. That same man that wanted to condemn a servant of God, he ended up in the hospital. And I went to see him. I prayed for him. The next time I saw him, how you doing, Reverend? How you doing? 
I'm doing wonderful. How you doing? Because he didn't got up off his sick bed. God had put him on his sick bed. See, we, we have to understand this. This is not, this is nothing, nothing beautiful about this. This place here is a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of aloneness. That's what this is. That's what it is. Jesus says, see, see, in that cup now is your assignment. You have a mission. See, in that cup, Christ had a mission. His mission, and it had to put him in alignment with God's will, his mission was to come seek and save those that were lost. That was his mission. His mission was he had to die to himself. He, to, to be on the right hand of the Father. And have to go down to, to save sinful men and women, mankind. He had to leave all that. He had to disrobe himself to come and save mankind. See, that was his mission. See, we have to know what our mission is. Our mission is to, is to carry out the will of God. Whatever God's will is, that's our mission. You know, here, our, our, our slogan is, we're saving one soul at a time. You can't save a whole bunch, but you do it one soul at a time. As you spend time with that one soul, and you allow them to see who God is through you, because some Bibles, uh, some churches, people will never show up in. You are the only Bible they will ever read. It would be your life, your life story. You the Bible. You are the walking Bible. In this world today. You are the walking Bible. Only person they're going to see is the God that's in you. And we have to make sure we, we allow him to set high. Allow him to shine. That, that's important. But watch this. Let's go back to the scripture. Let's go back here now. Um, St. Mark, St. Matthew chapter 26. Now, he's already told God, he says now, let this cup pass from me. But he's willing to surrender. He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou. Look at verse 40. And he says, and he cometh unto the disciples, those that are disciplined in the way, those that have been taught. Watch what happens. And he findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what could ye not watch with me one hour? Those that you think have your back, those that are supposed to be on alert because that, that adversary, the roaring, the roaring lion, he's there, then fell asleep. How many sleeping disciples do we have? All we have to do is look throughout all the churches. We, in, as, as we can do an analysis on, on the churches, you'll find very few people are in church houses today. You may find a few of them that, that has a, a, a huge number. But that's because they have left one church and gone to another. It's not those that's been sitting behind the walls. There are a lot of people sitting behind the walls that, that need somebody. See, we're supposed to go. See, there, the Bible talked about a lost sheep. And sometimes we just equate that to Israel all the time. And we talked about this on Wednesday. But that lost sheep is an indication that at one time they were in salvation. They just strayed, strayed away from God. We have a lot of lost sheep behind closed doors. And God is calling for us to go and seek and save those that are lost. They're lost. They've strayed away from God. They went to sleep. When the adversary came and sowed the tares, they were asleep. 
So how do you think disruption, confusion and, and gets in the, in, in the house of God? Because disciples are notorious for going to sleep, not being on watch, not being alert. Jesus, and I love Jesus says in verse 41, he says, once again, he gives the same instructions. Watch and pray. God has to tell us things more than one time before it sinks in. Watch and pray. Be on alert. Be fully awake. Be on God. Why? Because the adversary, who is as a void lion, Job says that, that the lion and, and, his, and his whips or his young, he says uh, their roar has been broken. I come across that in the book of, uh, uh, in the book of Job and I say, wow. That even the roar has been broken according to the word of God. And then he says, watch and pray again. Because he's already told them. He says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. He tells them the same thing again. How many times does God tell us the same thing uh, over and over and over? We keep going back, doing the same thing again. I've been there. I've been there. Anybody been there besides me? We do the same thing over and over, even though he tells us, he warns us. He says, now, listen, if you're not on your, your A game, if, if you're not there, and you're not in commune with me, and you're not in a relationship with me, the, 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 the adversary, he's going to get you. Satan's going to sneak up, and next thing you know, you say, how in the world did I get here again? Well, we didn't follow the instructions. The instructions were watch and pray. Amen. So he says, now this is what he says. He said, the spirit, verse 41, he said, the spirit indeed is willing. He said, but our flesh is weak. We got to make sure we keep our flesh in check. Because the, the Bible says the flesh is weak. You know how the flesh get weak? When we don't feed, when, when, uh, uh, when we don't feed the word of God into the spirit, man. Next thing you know, we're falling for anything. Somebody can tell us to come in with a hundred dollar line and we'll, we'll, we'll give our rent money. We'll give our, our light bill money thinking that we're going to get this miraculous amount of money. And we didn't give the man all our money and we still broke and still don't get anything. Got the hundred dollar line. Dr. Man and I went to church and they wanted to have a five hundred dollar line. Excuse me. What's wrong with that picture? And we sitting up in there, you know, and, and I looked at Dr. Manor, he looked at me, and I said, not this, not this sister. Now, I, I've got educated. No, I'm not going to put my money in your pocket for you to pay your bills, and my bills are going undone. I'm not going to do that. And I suggest to all of us not to do it. And those that are listening, I suggest that you don't do it either. They, 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 you know, they, they drive it to the world. You know, you need to take care of the man of God. We've been, I've been in churches where, where, where people would just give up all their, their, their monies through the week what they worked hard on. And I'm not telling you not to give God his, his tithes and all. I'm not telling you that. But what I'm saying, do not give your whole paycheck up in the church. I mean, I've been through some crazy stuff. Come tax time, y'all waiting on that money. Oh, they told us God won't, God wants you to give your take, your state check and your federal tax check. And you know what? And I, I was crazy enough to do it because I did it. $800 a thousand. Can you imagine? Now God didn't say that, but we did that because see, we were hypnotized by, by, by that, that, by man. His, he's, he was able to hypnotize. And 
that's where you get them demigods from. Some people need to need that tax money to pay some bills or pay on a, you know, whatever they need to take care of. And we did it for a whole lot of years. I was on one of them young bucks then. I was a young preacher. I was on a young buck. But this old sister finally come to her senses. Amen. I stopped doing that because I found out that was not biblical. Not biblical. Not, not biblical at all. Mm-mm. So, you, so don't, don't ever think that we have not been around. Because we've been around and been through some things. That was part of that Gethsemane experience. That won't happen no more. Now, he says the spirit is, uh, is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, the flesh likes the things that, that pulls on it and that will satisfy it. And then verse 42 in uh, St. Matthew chapter number 26 says, it says, he went away, Jesus. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, take it in, thy will be done. See, he had a purpose. His purpose was to come here to save you and I. And he, had to, he was destined. He had a destiny. He was destined to go to the cross. If he had not gone to the cross, you and I could not have been in a resurrected form. He had to be resurrected. He had to come back. But he had a purpose. He was destined to go to the cross. He was, are we willing to crucify self to carry out God's will? See, our destiny is to allow self within us to die. The Bible says to mortify, mortify the flesh. That means to kill it. But we have a destiny in order to to carry out God's will. We have to allow our will to die. Is that easy? No. It's always going to be a struggle. But we have to come to the acknowledgement, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will. Now, I'm almost done. I'm almost done here. Verse 43 says, and he came and he found them, what? Asleep again. Disciplining away now, but yet they still sleep. He says, for their eyes were heavy. The vision that, 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 that they were involved in had became so heavy, and they were at a point where they were no longer conscious of, of their surroundings or what was about to take place. And the assignment that was going to be left to them. See, as he went away, God says, greater works than these ye shall do. So there are greater works that we're going to do. We have an assignment to do these things that God has commanded for us to do. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Verse 44, he says, And he left them, and he went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words, message. He gives same message, same message, same words, because they were notorious for sleeping, not being alert. But this is the kicker here. This is, this is the kicker in the cup. Verse 45. Verse 45 says, Then cometh he to his disciples, and he said unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is what? Betrayed in the hands of sinners. 46 says, rise, 
Let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. In that cup is betrayal. Your friends are going to betray. He said they were, he was betrayed by the sinners. Now, this is strange. He said he was betrayed by the sinners, but it was the religious folk that put him to death. That's ironic. Church folk. Church folk, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, bring it on down. Church folk will betray you. Church folk, if you didn't know that, I'm, I'm informing you now, church folk will betray you. They will turn you over to the hands of the enemy. And not only that, but Judas, one that he supped with, that he took bread with, was the one that betrayed him. They were all together at this last supper. They were together. But he was the one that betrayed Jesus. But that was also his assignment for his cup. Now I'm like this. I do not want that in my cup to be a betrayal to the people of God. But that was in Judas's cup. He betrayed Jesus. He sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. He sold him out. I wonder how many of us have been sold out by the hands of the enemy. Church folk. Can I say that? Church folk. The religious folk. I'm not talking about. See, it's the difference between church people and spiritual people. That's a big difference between church folk and spiritual people. Paul writes in one of his letters, he says, when a person is overtaken in in a fault, He says, ye that are spiritual, restore them. He didn't say church folk restore them because he knew church folks were uh, judgmental. But he said, ye that are spiritual, you restore them. See, it comes to the understanding now. We have to understand two things and we're closing. The two things we need to understand, we all are going to have Gethsemane experiences, struggles, Rassles, fighting against you know the will of God, all that. We're gonna have those things in our Gethsemane experience. Friends walk away. We're gonna have that. But we also have to understand that there are some things in our cup that will cause us to have to fulfill a mission. We got God has to crush us in order for us to fulfill the mission that He has assigned for our life. Some of us don't want our assignment. We want to go somewhere else. I did it for many years. I ran. <laughs> I didn't want it. Because I knew what was in the cup. Hard ache and pain. Yeah, are there joy days? Yes, there are joy days. There are joy days. There are many joy days. But there's some suffering and pain and sorrow and the denying of self-will in that cup in order to carry out God's will. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I, I pray that I pray that you were able to receive something from the word of God. Amen. Amen. We just thank God. We just pray.